98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Susan Lavender. The top stories. Chief Executive Carrie Lam takes the express rail to Guangzhou as demonstrators moan about its price tag. The debate over land supply heats up as the public consultation draws to a close and a top US justice official denies reports he'd hatched a plan to have Donald Trump kicked out of office. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has become one of the first people to travel to the mainland using the new cross-border high-speed rail. She and other dignitaries, including CPPCC Vice Chairman C.Y. Leung and MTR Corporation Chairman Frederick Ma, began their journey aboard the Vibrant Express at 11.25am. Earlier, during the rail's opening ceremony at West Kowloon Station, Mrs. Lam and the Governor of Guangdong Province, Ma Sing Rui, touted the economic benefits of the 26 kilometer rail section connecting Hong Kong with the mainland. The first train for the public will depart Hong Kong tomorrow at 7am for Shenzhen North Station. Meanwhile, outside the station, some 20 protesters were not in the mood to celebrate. They chanted slogans complaining about the $84 billion price tag of the project not matching up with the quality of the railway. They also accused the rail link of destroying the rule of law and the one country, two systems principle in Hong Kong because mainland law enforcement officers operate in parts of the West Kowloon station now. A former director of planning says more time should be spent on town planning instead of debates over different land supply options. Ling Kar Khan's comment came as a public consultation on land supply for housing draws to a close next Wednesday. Mr Ling said the options are just tools. He pointed out that one of the options, the proposed public-private partnership or PPP, should not be demonised or beatified. PPP as a tool is always there. Whether we make use of this tool to deliver the development land depends on the actual circumstances. Where is the concerned land located? What is the condition of the land? All these questions need to be answered. Even we make use of these tools, we must go through an open and transparent process. And the process is already there. They must start with the town planning ordinance. They have to rezone the land. And this rezoning under the town planning ordinance is an open process. He added that it's no easy task for the government to find land for housing and the land resumption ordinance offers the best solution. The most effective means should be through a planning process, establish a new town development scheme, a new town development planning scheme. And in many court case that is already established. A new town planning scheme is a purpose. Then with that, then the government can uh, trigger the land resumption ordinance to resume the public land. But another former planning department official says it should be easier than people think for the government to find land for housing. Augustine Ng, a former assistant director of the department, suggested that cash incentives could be offered to new territories' landholders to return their plots before 2047 when their leases will expire. He says his plan would work because the government is, after all, the landlord. If the government exercises this role, the government doesn't really have to use the ordinance to resume the land do not take for granted that the new territories people would logically oppose to my proposal, do not take for granted that the developers in Hong Kong would necessarily oppose to my proposal. For example, we know the agricultural land in the new territories, in fact, is under the hand of a few 
developers. In fact, I have heard many developers in Hong Kong complaining that the development market in Hong Kong is not a fair market. U.S. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has denied a report he discussed involving a constitution, invoking a constitutional clause to remove President Trump from office. The New York Times, citing anonymous sources, also said Mr. Rosenstein had suggested secretly recording Mr. Trump to expose chaos in the White House. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. The New York Times says he made the comments last year, shortly after Mr. Trump fired the former FBI director, James Comey and that the Deputy Attorney General raised the possibility of invoking the 25th Amendment of the US Constitution, which provides a mechanism for removing a president. In a statement, Mr Rosenstein said the report was inaccurate and factually incorrect. And a Department of Justice source, who was in the room when the comments about taping the president were made, insisted Mr Rosenstein was being sarcastic and that there was never any intention to record conversations with Mr Trump. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee says it will hold a confirmation vote on Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination on Monday unless a deal is reached within hours with the woman accusing him of sexual assault. The Republican chairman of the committee, Senator Chuck Grassley, said they were waiting for Christine Blasey Ford to confirm whether or not she would give testimony on Wednesday. The United Nations aid chief says international aid agencies are losing the fight against famine in Yemen. Mark Lowcock told the UN Security Council the situation had deteriorated rapidly in recent weeks in Yemen, where a Saudi-led coalition is fighting Houthi rebels backed by Iran. We may now be approaching a tipping point beyond which it will be impossible to prevent massive loss of life as a result of widespread famine across the country. We are already seeing pockets of famine-like conditions, including cases where people are eating leaves because they have no other form of sustenance. The president of Tanzania, John Magufuli, has ordered the arrest of all those involved in the management of a ferry that capsized on Lake Victoria on Thursday, killing over 130 people. In a television address, he spoke of negligence, saying it was clear the ferry was overloaded. The U.S. has announced it's preparing a series of actions against the Venezuelan government in an apparent hardening of its stance against the leadership of President Nicolas Maduro. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the measures would be enforced in the coming days. This report from the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. Donald Trump has called President Maduro a dictator. Washington has already imposed sanctions on Mr. Maduro and other senior Venezuelan officials, accusing them of unlawfully arresting, beating up and killing opposition activists. What else could the Trump administration be preparing against Venezuela's socialist government? Mr. Pompeo hasn't given details, but said the measures would be targeted at Venezuelan leadership folks. Mr. Maduro says the U.S. is leading a vicious international campaign against his country. Twitter has told an undisclosed number of its users that their private messages may have been leaked to third parties for more than a year. The social media giant said the software bug involved direct messages between users and businesses that offer customer services via Twitter. The company said it had resolved the issue immediately after discovering it earlier this month. Sports now, and with a preview of the weekend's English Premier League action, here's the BBC's Rob Schofield. 
The early Premier League leaders Chelsea travel to West Ham on Sunday with Aiden Hazard expecting to return, having not travelled for their 1-0 win over Pauk Salonika in the Europa League. The Hammers will definitely be without one of their high-profile players. Jack Wilshire facing an all-too-familiar problem. Ankle surgery has ruled him out for six weeks. Elsewhere on Sunday, the other team in Europa League action this week, Arsenal host Everton. After their impressive win over Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League, Liverpool return to Anfield to play Southampton. Elsewhere on Saturday, Manchester City will be looking to bounce back from their surprise defeat to Lyon with an away game at Cardiff. Sergio Aguero has given them a boost in signing a new one-year contract extension to 2021. Manchester United made easier work of their European tie but face a tricky fixture against another of the newly promoted sides. Wolverhampton Wanderers have impressed and are only a point behind United in the table. After losing three matches in a row for the first time under Maurizio Pochettino, Tottenham need a reaction as they travel to Brighton. And there'll almost certainly be goals in the early kickoff between the two attacking sides, Fulham and Watford. Bottom side Burnley and fellow strugglers Newcastle face games against Inform, Bournemouth and Crystal Palace, while Huddersfield have the chance to heap more pressure on Claude Puel and Leicester. Those are the matches to look forward to this weekend. This is Rob Schofield from BBC Global Sport. And now to end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive Carrie Lam takes the express rail to Guangzhou as demonstrators moan about its price tag. The debate over land supply heats up as the public consultation draws to a close. And a top US justice official denies reports that he had hatched a plan to have Donald Trump kicked out of office. And that's the news from RTHK. Welcome to this week's edition of World Vimes. Myself, Pierre Tremblay, in the chair till 3 p.m. This week we have two major musical themes on offer. First, we pay a mini musical tribute to recently deceased Arab rock rebel Rashid Taha. And we sample a new selection of hot new hits from a number of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off on our first hour with our first uh, theme, our mini-musical tribute to Rashid Taha, a rebel, an Arab rock icon. He passed away in his sleep uh, two weeks ago at the age of 59, six days before turning 60. He was born in Algeria in the small village of Sig, just outside of Oran, came with his family to France when he was 10 years old and started with a rock band in the, in, when he is in his twenties in the 1980s in Lyon, in the center of France. Uh, and he was a rebel even then. The band was called Carte de Séjour, French for residency card. And he sang quite a few songs against racism. Uh, notably, his uh, reprise of a 1943 song by Charles Trenet, Douce France, Sweet France, 
Uh, during the Second World War, originally, it was for lifting the morale of French prisoners of war requisitioned by the Third Reich.